relief factor, pain relief that's natural, pain relief that works, and pain relief that attacks the source of the pain. That's the experience of tens of thousands of Americans who are taking Relief Factor right now. See their incredible video endorsements at relieffactor.com and then order your three-week quick starter pack for just $19.95. That's less than a dollar a day. Find out if it can work for you like it works for me by ordering your three-week quick starter pack today. Relieffactor.com, relieffactor.com. Be the next success story. Of all the gin joints in all the towns in all the world, she walks into mine. Impressive. Most impressive. See things you people wouldn't believe. You want to talk to God? Let's go see him together. and tools. What are you going to do? I'll build a raft to float them to the ship. Why, the whole world will pay to see this. No chains will ever hold that. We'll give him more than chains. He's always been king of his world, but we'll teach him fear. We're millionaires, boys. I'll share it with all of you. Why, in a few months, it'll be up in lights on Broadway. Kong, the eighth wonder of the world! King Kong, the eighth wonder of the world. Film director Carl Danham uh, capturing him with the smallest tear gas grenades I have ever seen. It is that moment when the beast of Skull Island has been conquered. 1933's King Kong. Yeah, we're going a little bit earlier than the 1980s, but it is one of the greatest movies ever made. My father's favorite movie. And we're going to tell you why it's so good with our co-host, the one, the only, Mr. Reagan, Chris Coles of YouTube. Greetings to you, my dear friend. Greetings, greetings. What an epic film. This is a heck of a choice. This is, this is the first film we've done, I believe, from this era. And uh, I don't know if it could have been a better choice. It's considered one of the greatest films of all time. And by the way, I watched documentary before this morning whilst I was getting everything prepared and a comedian made one of the best jokes I've ever heard about King Kong he said that that scene that you just played he said the least believable thing about King Kong is that an entertainment producer would share revenue so easily with a crew of men like that <laughs> yeah, yeah and I thought you know what that's probably true <laughs> that caught me as well off guard when you know that King Kong has been captured and the director says yeah I, I'm going to split the profits with everybody including the deckhand on the <laughs> yes. ship and, and the cook from yeah, uh, excuse me no that, that, that's where our suspension of disbelief was a little bit challenged okay let, let, let's talk <laughs> right. about this film so many things to discuss Number one, let's just be clear here. It inspired everything that came afterwards, from Godzilla to Jurassic Park. It made stop-motion special effects a thing. And also, I'm sorry, it's indisputable, is it not, Chris, that this is the greatest monster in cinematic history? You know, it is debatable, because you got Frankenstein, you got the Wolfman, you got Dracula, you've got Nosferatu, you've got all these crazy monsters, but... For me, yeah, this probably is my favorite. And I'll tell you what, the reason why people love King Kong, I think, is because he's not really a sinister character. He's not uh, intentionally trying to harm anyone. He's just a big, dumb oaf, which is actually comparable in some ways to Frankenstein. But, yeah, he's he's actually a lovable monster from a monster movie. Sure, there's the terror. Sure, there's the reality that, yeah, you get in King Kong's way, you're probably going to meet a, uh, a grisly end. Uh, but it's not really intentional. He's not really trying to hurt anyone. He's just trying to explore the world and, and be, the, be the beast that he is. 
Yeah, let, let's stop on that for a moment because it is perhaps one of the most fascinating aspects when it comes to the story of King Kong. So this is, you know, the beast of Skull Island that is worshipped by the locals. This film director who's been making documentaries and now says, oh, I need to have a woman in my film because, quote, we need flappers. People want to go and see the love interest. He captures this beast, takes it to New York. He breaks out of the chains on the night of the show and then climbs the Empire State, and then we have that classic, we'll talk about who's flying the planes, because it's very interesting, who's flying the biplanes that bring down King Kong. But the fascinating thing is, A, this is 1933, this is the movie that saves RKO. RKO was going to go into receivership, King Kong becomes this massive success, but the story is interesting because, go back in time, Chris, if this is 1933, You've never seen, you know, a 60-foot monster bite a human being's head off or throw innocent women out of their apartment buildings, you know, 10 stories up. And there's this scene where where one of the tribesmen is trod on and they show King Kong's foot treading on him like three times. I mean, this is this is gory stuff. Nevertheless, what's what's the um, the inheritance? What's the legacy of this? The audience at the end of the day, Chris, despite the horror, the decapitations and everything else, who do we sympathize with? We don't sympathize with Denim. We might sympathize with Faye Ray, who really sells it. I don't know how many times she screams in the movie. But who do we sympathize, Chris? We sympathize with the Beast. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I actually felt myself sad at the end of the film. Uh, watching the the planes come and kill King Kong, and and, and uh, part of it's the music, you know. Part of it's the music. The score is unbelievable. You know, there's these moments where you're watching the film, and if you weren't watching it with that mu- music in the you know in the perspective of 2023, you might think, ah, oh, this is a little bit, um, you know, unrealistic. This is a little bit silly. It's a puppet, obviously. It's it's stop motion. But with the music, when you're in it. You kind of don't care. You love this giant beast that's, you know, you know how it's made. Yeah, we we, we got to give a, a, a hat. We've got to give a hat tip to Max Steiner. So we're coming out of the period of, of the silent movies where, where music was constant, right? Because there's nothing else. So you had music playing. There was no soundtrack from the actors themselves. And Max Steiner does something shocking for the time. There's no music in this movie until they arrive to the island, right? And then there's right. this very, very adroit use of the emotionally charged music. So, yeah, it adds to it completely. Okay, let's, let's walk down some of, um, some of the things we need to know about it. So let's talk about the story behind it. What's the pitch at the beginning? Denim's complaining to his you know, production team that I, I need to make the most successful, the greatest movie of all time. This is a movie within a movie, isn't it, Chris? Because yeah, the yeah. people who are making it, the filmmakers, were former documentarians, war heroes, and then they talk about they need to make the biggest movie ever. And then the character in the movie says, I'm going to make the biggest movie ever. So there's this kind of meta subtext. And what happens, Chris? they do make the most successful movie of the age. So it's like it's happening on so many multiple levels. Well, there is a film that came out in 1930 that is essentially the film that they're pretending to make in this film. Right. And the film that came out, it was called Ingagi. And this film, Ingagi, was a documentary film, supposedly a documentary film. They really actually stole a bunch of footage from a different documentary that had previously been made. Uh, And then they filmed all this footage at like Griffith Zoo, Griffith Park Zoo in L.A., and they pretended it was a documentary. Look into Ingagi, fascinating film. You can actually watch it for free on YouTube. Not a particularly good film, but it was a sensation at the time, and part of it was, part of it explains something in this movie that doesn't make any sense. I remember as a kid, and watching King Kong, and I don't understand why a gorilla is in love with a human woman. I don't understand <laughs> this uh, this love dynamic. This doesn't make any sense to me. I, as a kid, I never understood that. 
Well, this comes back to context. You know, I told you I spent a year like listening to radio shows. I sent you those radio shows. Yes. Hopefully you listened to a little bit of it. And, and, and I kind of got into the mentality of the era. Well, this is another one of those examples where you, if you don't really understand the context, you don't really understand King Kong. And people at the time sort of took for granted this concept of gorillas and human women potentially mating, becoming a, a sort of like a couple because of this film, Ngagi, which presented this bizarre idea that there was a tribe in Africa that offered up to a dangerous tribe of gorillas every year a woman in tribute. And so there's this uh, group of gorillas in Africa who had human wives and half gorilla, half human offspring. So there was all, already this idea in the culture that it's, it was potential. There was the possibility that gorillas could love women. And you get to this film, this was already part of the culture, sort of like the concept of like these, these, this knockout gas bomb things that are obviously ridiculous in the film from the 2023 perspective. Uh, back then, that was sort of a common part of some of these kinds of adventure stories and novels and stuff like that. So at the time, the knockout gas was common, and you had this concept in the culture that human women— Oh, and by the way, Ngagi shows fully nude uh, African women, which I think was part of the reason that film was so successful. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, uh, I've shamed him after a year of doing this to actually do research for one of our shows. I've I did. <laughs> I've never even heard of Ingagi, so I, I salute you. Thank you. I hope. I hope. I hope this will now be a battle of the two researchers. Let me just read yeah. to you a little bit about this movie I've never heard of. Ingagi pretends to be a documentary about Sir Hubert Winstead of London on an expedition to the Belgian Congo and depicts a tribe of gorilla-worshipping women who use the gorillas as sex slaves. Oh, my gosh. I didn't know that. Chris has brought his A-game. This is the context in which King Kong was made. So much more. Don't go anywhere. If you enjoy the show and you want to hear more crazy things about gorilla-worshipping women of the Congo... Hi, everyone. If you've been injured in an accident that was not your fault, listen up. We have legal professionals standing by to answer your questions for free. Call now and find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Call 800-702-5400. I'm here with spokesman John Wolf. So, John, tell everyone listening who should call right now. Well, Maria, first off, thank you for having me here. It's always nice to answer the listeners' questions. Now, as far as who should call in... Anyone who's been injured in an accident and think you deserve compensation, give us a call right now. 800-702-5400. You'll find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Thanks, John. You heard it, folks. Take advantage of this opportunity and call now. 800-702-5400. Advertisement sponsored by Legal Help Center may not be available in all states. Then subscribe on your favorite podcast channel to Making Movies Great Again. Just look for my name, Sebastian Gawker, America First. Leave us a five-star review. Share the links with your friends. And if you're America First, check out all the America First gear at our website, sebgorkastore.com. That's S-E-B-G-O-R-K-A, S-E-B-G-O-R-K-A, store.com. I'm Sebastian Gawker. This is Making Movies Great Again. Greetings, this is Dr. Sebastian Gorka from the Midas Gold Group War Room. The MAGA veterans at Midas point out that the Federal Reserve note does not belong to you. It belongs to the Federal Reserve Bank, while the federal debt doesn't belong to the Federal Reserve Bank. It belongs to you. This is your wake-up call to what the Midas Gold Group veterans believe the central bank and government are trying to do. A controlled demolition of our current system with a central bank digital currency to take complete and utter control of our transactional freedoms. A literal digital concentration camp replete with social sanctions. Protect yourself. Turn this wake-up call into a phone call and look into the opportunities that gold can provide you as a way to diversify your investments. Call veteran-owned Midas Gold Group today, 855-322-GOLD, or go to MidasGoldGroup.com. That's 855-322-GOLD, or just go to MidasGoldGroup.com. Always faithful, Midas Gold Group, MAGA and proud of it. Honor Sava Kong! He says the girl there is the bride of Kong. Great! Find out what they're going to do. Sita! Balam! Balam Abacero! What's that? He says 
says to look at the golden woman. Yeah, blondes are scarce around here. Mola Mafikano. Kong Wa Bisa. Kao Bisa for Kong. It's a gift for Kong, he says. Good Lord. Gamba. Table Malam Nahi. Wants to buy her. He wants to buy the golden woman as a gift for Kong. Okay, I'm not going to say, Chris, that this has the best acting of the era. No. I think I think the no. best actors are Kong, who actually emotes. I mean, what what is done by Willis O'Brien, the model maker, archaeologist, former ranch hand who invents basically stop motion. It, it, that that figure is alive, and then the other person who actually acts in this is Fay Ray. Fay Ray, I mean, you mm. know, you got to think she's screaming her nut off at nothing. There's nothing there because the stop motion figure is about you know ten inches high and is being filmed somewhere else. So it's not the acting that makes this movie great; it's the design of the beast, but also Chris, the design of the sets. Let's have some mm. images here. This is meant to be like a lost world. It is mm-hmm. inspired by the paintings of Gustave Doré, the man who uh, was the French illustrator for Paradise Lost. These are the direct Im- you know, influences to this movie. And a lot of the movie's sets come from uh, an older film, which was being made at the same time, and also the producers were making, as this was being made, the deadliest game. And a lot of the jungle mm-hmm. uh, sets were being cross-purposed for this. So I don't know about you, Chris, but I, I try to put myself in, in the position of a moviegoer who's bought my you know, five-cent ticket, walks into the theater, 1933, the lights go down, and then you see this primordial jungle. You see, you see yeah. a diplodocus, a brontosaur, a pterodactyl wrestling with King Kong. Yeah. It must have been mind-blowing. You know, it's, what was weird is I'm watching it today. I've actually studied film. I know how a lot of these techniques uh, are done. And I still i am watching it, and it's so seamless – Right. That what they're doing with the rear projection, what they're doing with the matte paintings, uh, what they're doing with the miniatures and the models. I I don't know how it's done. I'm watching it and I'm sitting there. I'm thinking, I don't know how they did some of these scenes. And it's so great. It's not something that you can do. Right. It's something you need a team of people to do, all of whom are experts in their field these are this is a lost art essentially at this point because we use cgi for everything now uh and they did it so beautifully are there things that don't hold up today yeah of course i mean they're you know if you you had like a 12 year old kid watching this you'd go oh that looks fake and blah 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 well, and, and also the fact that you've got a four and a half minute overture at the beginning <laughs> Yeah, that's a little bit funny too. Yeah, but you, you, as you watch, as you watch it though, you do get enveloped into the world. It does feel real somehow, yeah. even though it feels fictional. It, there is a magic to it, and this is something that we talk about on the show. When we were kids watching films, uh, me in the '80s and you in the '70s, watching these films, there it was a kind of a magic to it. And so even though there's something false about it, there's something magical. We didn't look at it when we were kids as fake. We looked at it as almost hyper-realistic, a world that doesn't exist, but you kind of want to live in that world a little bit. And I feel like that was absolutely true here. Anyone watching this film at that time, this was – these were effects that nobody had seen before. People were like, this is – you know, hyper-realistic. This is a world beyond my imagination, and this must have just blown everybody away. Well, so much so, and I will skip over the fact that you deliberately pointed out that I'm older than you. Uh, but I, I am of a better generation, better vintage. <laughs> yes, I was watching the movies of the 70s. But but the, the, before this was released, the, 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 the rushes of the movie The Lost World, which was the first stop-motion ever depicting dinosaurs, Conan Doyle took that footage and played it to the American Association of Magicians, including Houdini, and said, this is real footage of dinosaurs. And they, 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 was, they, they couldn't, they just, they didn't understand where he got it from. And then afterwards, about a year later, he had to apologize to Houdini for tricking him because people thought that this footage 
was real, so much so the author of, of Sherlock Holmes used the Lost World footage to convince people that, yes, I, I somehow magically found film uh, of dinosaurs. So, yes, like, like so many of the films that we've reviewed here, it's sui generis. It's, it's unique, and it creates a trend in and of itself. If we go forward in time, what do we have? Willis O'Brien's assistant on the later movie, the great, uh, what is it, Mighty Joe Young, is, of course, Ray Harryhausen. Ray Harryhausen, who becomes the king of stop motion, the man who will make later movies about Sinbad and about, you know, the ancient Greeks. He'll do Clash of the Titans. And then, of course, we have what? We have up to Star Wars and Phil Tippett and the use of stop motion there. So these, there we go, Phil Tippett with one of the tauntauns from The Empire Strikes Back. These are the films we review. Why? Because of the effect they have in perpetuity for decades to come. And then to your point of how it's mesmerizing, it's enthralling, who made this movie? Let's just say a few things about who made this movie. The two men behind it, of course, they are David O. Selznick, the legend, is the producer. But Marion Cooper and Ernest Shochak, who are these people? These are war heroes. One of them shot down in his fighter plane. Oh, that's Conan Doyle and, and Houdini. But I'm talking about the, the producers here. These are individuals who in World War I were fighter pilots, shot down, burnt, became filmmakers, fought the communists in the 1920s in Poland, uh, traveled the world making movies, and, and then they decide, okay, let's make the greatest movie ever. Chris, we don't have movie makers like that today, do we? War heroes <laughs> fighting communists with their biplanes, and then they make a film? Seb, Seb, they're fighting the LGBTQ plus culture war. Okay, <laughs> on the they're wrong side. On that. the wrong side. On the wrong side. Yeah, they're the, they're fight. They're the communists now. Actually, weirdly, uh, you know, I, I, we. It's kind of a weird thing because we haven't talked too much because this film is so interesting and there's so much history to it and it's yeah. so mesmerizing. It's such a classic. Everybody knows it. We have kind of forgotten to go through the story of the film. And I think that maybe people don't think about that enough. It's a little kind of underrated because it's a relatively simple story. But it is an excellent story. All right, right. hold hold that, hold that. You're you're, you're absolutely right. Let's do that. Let's go through the story because it deserves (laughs) that. It's not just, you know, it's not just that it's mesmerizing and creates its own genre, the monster movie, the special effects movie. Let's talk about the story next. In the meantime, follow this man's channel. So many people responding to his video about what happens if Trump wins. It's the Alpha Critic. It's the Mr. Reagan channel. Follow them both right now on YouTube. Follow him on social media at Mr. Reagan USA. And don't forget to give me a follow as well. Seb Gorka on all the usual social media platforms, as well as my Substack, SebastianGorka.substack.com. That's my whole name is one word, SebastianGorka.substack.com. Did you know that 84% of New Year's resolutions fail in the first six weeks? That's got me thinking about PhD weight loss and nutrition and why it was a success for me. Why I haven't gained one pound of my 42-pound weight loss back. Why Jeff, my producer, decided to start the program. Most people blame their failure on a lack of time, motivation, and a loss of zeal. PhD makes it simple. It doesn't take a lot of extra time. They are masters of motivation. You have a team of coaches by your side the whole time, and you don't lose your zeal because Every week you make great strides, so you stay excited. Do something different this year and call PhD Weight Loss and Nutrition, 864-644-1900 to get started. Or online at myphdweightloss.com. Don't do this alone. The number, 864-644-1900, myphdweightloss.com. Wait a minute. What about Kong? Well, what about him? We came here to get a moving picture, and we found something worth more than all the movies in the world. What? We've got those gas bombs. If we can capture them alive... Why, you're crazy. Besides that, he's on a cliff where a whole army couldn't get at him. Yeah, if he stays there. But we've got something he wants. Yeah, something he won't get again. Hey, look out! It's Kong! Kong's coming! 
Kong's coming. They're setting the trap, Chris. Talk to us about the story within the story. Yeah, you know, it, it's it's such a great story. It's such a simple story. This is back when you could actually have a woman in distress. This is back. And you know, it's so, so funny. The woman in distress, simple story. That has existed since the dawn of time. It's only in the past, I don't know, say 10, 15, maybe 20 years that society has decided, oh, no, the woman in distress isn't allowed anymore. We have to make the boy in distress and the girl's got to save him or something like that. You know, this is this is the new idea. But it is such a compelling idea because throughout history, uh, women have felt to some degree vulnerable, right? Especially if, like, you know, if a woman's out there and, you know, uh, her husband gets her pregnant, she's very, you know, she can't run so quickly away from the beasts of the, the wilderness. You know, other men, other warriors from another tribe might be able to attack her. Women historically have been very vulnerable. We live in a very safe society today. People don't really realize so it's always been the men's job to protect the women. This has always been true since the dawn of time. And women like that. They want men who can protect them. Yeah. And so movies like this, they they sort of fulfill a fantasy on two levels, right? The woman gets to feel that she's protected by the strong man, and the man feels like he gets to go rescue and protect his woman. Also, by the way, at the beginning of this film, which I absolutely love, there is a sort of a fantasy fulfillment for women everywhere, which is this girl just gets plucked out of obscurity uh, and she's made into a movie star. <laughs> just, no, 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 let's, let's, let's stop. Let, let, yeah, let, let's talk. Let's unpack that a little bit. So it, it, the, the second yeah. one, absolutely. So Faye Ray, it's like depression here in New York and she's outside a, a fruit and vegetable stall and clearly about to you know, pickpocket something or you know, steal something to eat. And then you know, Denim sees her and says, that face? Come with me, little lady, and makes you know her the squeeze, the star of his new documentary about Skull Island and about Kong. So you know that idea of being plucked, as you say, from obscurity and being turned into a Hollywood starlet. And then let's go back to the other one. It, it's not just through through time or through the ages. It, it is the role. Let's be clear here. I mean, we are men's men. We are traditionalists. A woman can never be the protector. I'm sorry. If I see another Marvel movie where a 90-pound woman decks out a 300-pound bodybuilder, it's like just, you know, are you smoking Hunter Biden's crack pipe? Men are protectors and always have been. That's why they shouldn't be allowed to compete as women in swim meets because guess what? We're bigger. We're stronger. We're faster. And as you said, when women are pregnant, they can't do anything in terms of physicality and protecting themselves. That's our job. So what do we have here? We have the, the, the most ancient story of all, the damsel in distress. And it's not just yes. another man. It is this uber biped. It's this 60-foot monster of a biped that has to be defeated by these two war heroes at the end we'll talk about momentarily. So this is why it's not just enthralling and the special effects account and we can even sympathize with the beast. It's like beauty and the beast, but because it does what? It tugs on those eternal story arcs, those themes of civilization through the ages, the woman who is recognized and then made into this star, this beauty, at the same time, the man, the first mate of the ship, who will save her, right, from the beast. So I think you've just explained it, Chris. This is the eternal forever appeal of not only King Kong, but these kinds of stories, Chris. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and they took they took advantage of the fact that they were doing this stop motion stuff and they wanted to include a lot of different creatures. So they had different interactions with the crew and these beasts. And they I believe they had four different separate fights between King Kong and yeah. these other kind of prehistoric dinosaurs and different kinds of beasts where King Kong defeat and every time he does this, you know, like uh, you know, I've <laughs> defeated this thing. He's got he's a, this very animalistic thing and they they made him so realistic. You know, it's bizarre cuz he doesn't seem realistic if you just see a still image of him, he seems ridiculous. But if you see him the way that they've made him move, there's this moment where he kills the Tyrannosaurus Rex. Yeah. By just tearing his jaw from his head. It's like the craziest <laughs> thing you, you ever see. And then, and then he's sitting there, and the Transaurus Rex is dead. 
And Faye Ray is screaming over her. She's trying to kind of get away. She's trying to, well, she's not screaming. She's trying to be quiet so that maybe, hopefully, King Kong will forget about her. And he's killed this Tyrannosaurus Rex. And he's sort of playing with the body yeah. to make sure that the Tyrannosaurus Rex is dead. He's lifting the head up. He's moving the jaw back and forth. You know, And it's exactly how a gorilla would play with uh, another beast that he, it has killed. It would you know, mess with it. Now it's kind of safe, hopefully. Let me poke it and prod it and make sure. It's bizarre how the filmmakers really figured that out. And they said, what exactly would a gorilla do in this moment? And they portrayed that in the film. And it, so it gives a kind of realism. Like I say, if you watch these little clips, it doesn't always look real. It looks obviously ridiculous. But when you're in the movie watching it, when you're sort of in that world, it's pretty darn good. And you do allow yourself to get enveloped into the fantasy. You yeah. really do. It's, it's, and, a, it's an amazing movie. And just for the record, these two war heroes, before they made this movie, they made documentaries on safari in Africa. One of them was obsessed with gorillas. The reason this movie exists is because one of the two war heroes was obsessed with the ape and the ape-man disconnect. So the idea that you're absolutely right when he's toying like a, a cat toys with a dead mouse – as he's, you know, picking up the bits of the Tyrannosaurus Rex that he killed. It's just, it, it so convinces you. And, and as you said, the fight with the pterodactyl, the, 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 uh, the diplodocus that we see, the T-Rex. Oh, the Stegosaurus, the Stegosaurus attack. You're sitting here in 1933, and you're seeing a Stegosaurus attack on a massive screen in front of you. We're talking King Kong 1933, RKO Pictures, uh, just one of the greatest movies ever made. I'm Sebastian Gorka. This is America First. I'm coming to you from just outside the insalubrious, fetid, rank, melodorous, noisome, ghastly swamp that is Washington, D.C. Relief Factor. It's real. It works. It's liberating over a million Americans from their daily pain right now. How about this question? Do you know somebody in your family, a loved one, a friend who suffers from daily pain, who's tried everything else to liberate themselves and failed? I was in that position for nine years, for almost a decade with my lower back pain. My mother suffered for more than 25 years with daily pain. If you know somebody like that, if you are that person... Please, can I convince you to try Relief Factor? Order the three-week quick starter pack at relieffactor.com. It'll be at your door in three days or less. Take it morning and evening like I do, and I promise you, Dr. G's guarantee, by the end of those three weeks, you will know whether it works for you like it works for me and over a million of your fellow Americans. Ask yourself one simple question. What do you have to lose? If the only answer to that question is the pain well, then, just write the number down. 1-800-4-RELIEF-RELIEFFACTOR.COM. You owe it to yourself. You owe it to your loved ones. 1-800-473-5433. ReliefFactor.COM. ReliefFactor.COM. Are you tired of not getting a good night's sleep? Well, my friend, Mike Lindell has created the perfect solution. He didn't just stomp out the pillow. He also created the Giza Dream Bed Sheets. Made from the world's best cotton called Giza, these sheets are ultra soft and breathable, yet extremely durable. And now, for a limited time, you can get 50% off the Giza Dream Sheets with prices starting as low as $29.98 in a variety of sizes and colors and have a 60-day money-back guarantee and a 10-year warranty. Go to MyPillow.com and click on the radio square and use promo code G-O-R-K-A at checkout. You can also find deep discounts on all MyPillow products, including the MyPillow 2.0 mattress topper and the MyPillow towel sets. Don't wait any longer to get the best sleep of your life. Call 800-829-8468 or go to MyPillow.com now and use promo code Gorka. That's 800-829-8468 or MyPillow.com, promo code G-O-R-K-A. I think what might have happened today. See, if anything had happened to you... Well, then you wouldn't be bothered with having a woman on board. <laughs> Don't laugh. I'm scared for you. I'm sort of... Well, I'm scared of you, too. And... Uh, I, uh... Uh... Say... I guess I love you. Why, Jack? You hate women. Yeah, I know. But you aren't women. Say, uh, Anne, I don't suppose, uh, I mean, well, you don't feel anything like that about me, do you? 
Mr. Driscoll, are you on deck? Yes, sir. Okay, um, I'm going to go out on a limb here. You're the actor, you're the writer, you're the content provider on YouTube. The guy who's playing Jank there, the squeeze Bruce Cabot, he's just a log. He's a piece of wood. It's an all shucks <laughs> performance throughout. Uh, but fa- yeah. if you want to understand acting, go back and watch that scene where, 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 where Faye Ray, just watch her eyes. Watch her eyes. Watch the way she, she doesn't say anything. And she's just saying, I am falling in love with this man right now. Tell us about Faye Ray in your estimation, not just the screaming in Kong's hand at the top of, you know, the Empire State. But if there's anybody who's doing some acting outside of the special effects uh, ape, it's her, right? Oh, wow. Yeah. You know, you picked a really good scene to talk about that. Uh, When I was starting out acting in, in Hollywood and I was going to these acting classes, I think the hardest thing to, to, to sell convincingly was falling in love with somebody. And um, the guy actually does a little bit better job than, than you might think. I think at the time, uh, there was this, you know, there was a guy like that. That guy existed. He was sophisticated with regard to his career and his job. But when it came to falling in love, he was uh, about <laughs> as dumb as a child. Like, it, it looks like this guy's never fallen in love with a girl in his life. He's never had a girlfriend. Now he doesn't know what to do. So he acts like this dumb oaf. Well, she, her, every little nuance, every little expression indicates that she's in love with this guy. Uh, maybe, you know, and, and it's weird in those moments, you don't always feel like you want to admit it, right? And so he doesn't even know that she's in love with him, even though you can tell as a, as a viewer that she is, you know, uh, from, from our view, from the camera's view. Uh, she sells it so so yes. well, every little nuance, and that's her job, right? His job is just to be the dumb ox that says, well, I think I'm in love with you, girl. <laughs> <laughs> and her job, like you say, is to sell it just with a, a small expression, just with a look. And she does it brilliantly. Her casting is great. You know, it's weird because in the movie, she's an ordinary girl who's like starving to death, and this guy just kind of randomly finds her on the street. In real life, uh, you know, they must have gone through hundreds of girls to find the, the perfect girl. That and, and what's weird is, like I said, I watched a documentary about the film before uh, coming on today. And while I'm watching this documentary, there's guys that are talking about this, you know, having seen it as, as boys and going, you know, I fell in love with that girl. I'm watching King Kong and I fell in love with this character in this movie. And that happens. Men do, especially when they're younger. They will fall in love with girls on the screen. When I was a kid and I was trying to make movies, I always said to my friends, I said, we need to find actresses that people will fall in love with, that men will fall in love with. Because these are the kind of actresses that make the real money. And she did that. And I think every man in America was in love with her after this film. I think, yeah. I mean, you know, there are a couple of names like that. You know, you, you've got the, the Ginger Rogers, you've got the Lauren Bacalls, but I think for a whole generation, Faye Ray, Faye Ray was the it girl. She was the girl that people fell in love with. Um, I, I want to say a big thank you here. I don't do this usually because I do a, a load of my uh, research by myself, but uh, George of Film Journal had a 19-minute video. I think we can put it up on the screen right now. This is a great, great uh, young YouTuber. doesn't have uh, a lot of followers, but his review of King Kong it gives you inside knowledge that you won't find it elsewhere. So uh, congratulations to G- George of Film Journal. Um, I want to also add a little bit of uh, trivia. We've got the image of of the fighter pilots just this idea who comes up with this idea that we're going to have fighter pilots in biplanes with machine guns shooting king kong <laughs> off the empire state building as he's trying to swat them who is playing the fighter pilots oh it's real fighter pilots it's the producers it's marion cooper and ernest Shodzak. they are the actual people playing themselves wow. the heroes of world war one the heroes of killing commies in poland after world war one they're the guys who just did a little cameo in the movie themselves uh, what else do we have to note before final thoughts uh how much did it make Okay, this movie, which was likely going to be the last film RKO ever made before it, you know, declared bankruptcy, cost $672,000, a lot of money, a lot of money in 1933, netted uh, 
five million and of course would be released again and again and again over the years interestingly uh, when the Hayes Code came in for ethics and morality in movies, many of the scenes had to be deleted. The uh, tribesmen being eaten, the woman being thrown out of her apartment, the man being stomped off were removed from all, all versions until a pristine copy was found in Pennsylvania in the 1960s. And that is the version we have today with the re-edited, inserted parts of it. And one more um, historic fact, first ever movie commentary, I think it was on the Laserdisc release of King Kong, was of this movie. So influencing so many other things coming afterward. Um, uh, what was it, Eric, you said four, four movies came afterwards as a result, remakes or sequels? That was right. There was the sequel released the same year, Son of Kong, the remake in 1976, and then the sequel to that remake, King Kong Lives, and then the Peter Jackson remake in the year 2005. Yeah, uh, I would say the remake King Kong in 76 is actually a much better movie than many people will uh, will have you believe, but the original is, of course, King Kong 1933. All right, last thoughts and then our ratings and then, of course, our next choice uh, for a review here on America First. We are making movies great again with our buddy Chris Coles. Make sure you follow him on all his social media platforms and especially YouTube, the Mr. Reagan channel and the Alpha Critic. I'm coming to you from the relieffactor.com studios if you have a cell phone dear friends please tell me you're not funding america's enemies if your cell phone is connected to one of the big cell phone providers you know who i'm talking about you are making money for the bad guys the big cell phone companies are woke they're on the left they take millions of your dollars every year from their profits and they give them to organizations like planned parenthood to gun control foundations to those who are censoring conservatives don't fund your enemies Join the good guys. There's only one Christian conservative cell phone company in the nation. It is Patriot Mobile. It is the one I use. They have the same nationwide coverage, a performance guarantee. Glenn and his team are superb, and they're also conservatives who love America and have donated hundreds of thousands of dollars to causes you believe in, like the First Amendment, the Second Amendment, and the Sanctity of Life. Switch today, free activation with my name, extra discounts for veterans and first responders. You can keep your old number, keep your old phone, or get an upgrade. Just call 972-PATRIOT or go to patriotmobile.com slash Gorka. That's 972-728-7468, patriotmobile.com slash G-O-R-K-A. Not a soul in sight. People must all be gathered up ahead there. That wall skipper, what do you think of that, eh? Colossal. It might almost be Egyptian. Yeah, but what's on the other side of that wall? That's what I want to know. Who do you suppose could have built it? Oh, I was up in Ancor once. That's bigger than this, and nobody knows who built it. Oh, boy, what a chance. What a picture. Amazing effects, multi-plate photography, stop motion. That's when they arrive to Skull Island, they see this massive gate, this massive wall behind which the tribesmen keep King Kong before they sacrifice a woman to him with regularity. Then... 47 minutes into the movie, we finally see the beast, the big unveiling. Eventually, he's captured. And then the denouement, prior to the battle on the top of the Empire State, is in front of a New York audience. Play clip. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm here tonight to tell you a very strange story. A story so strange that no one will believe it. But ladies and gentlemen, seeing is believing. And we, my partners and I, have brought back the living proof of our adventure. An adventure in which 12 of our party met horrible death. And now, ladies and gentlemen, before I tell you any more, I'm going to show you the greatest thing your eyes have ever beheld. He was a king and a god in the world he knew. But now he comes to civilization, merely a captive, a show to gratify your curiosity. Ladies and gentlemen, look at calm. The Eighth Wonder of the World. Within minutes, he will break loose of his chains when he sees Feyre. He will rampage across New York, killing innocent New Yorkers, climb up the Empire State, and eventually 
be brought down by the brave fighter pilots. The ending, well, tells you what the story's about. Play cut. Let me throw off, sir. My name's Denham. Just a moment. Oh, Lieutenant. Lieutenant, I'm Carl Denham. Carl Denham? Denham? Oh, that's the man that captured the monster. Well, Denham, the airplane's got him. Oh, no. It wasn't the airplanes. It was beauty killed the beast. It was beauty that killed the beast. Like you, Chris, when I saw this, I don't know how old I was, saw it on, you know, a cathode ray tube back in antiquity as a kid on a rerun. And I said, why does a 60-foot gorilla want to have sex with a woman who's five foot two I'm a little i'm a little confused why did he fall in love with that little like you know barbie doll thing doesn't matter the whole thing works it's a classic final thoughts on king kong yeah it's, it's actually a pretty great ending uh you know the, the, these filmmakers they they did so much right in this movie it's one of those films where they got everything perfect they've got they got so many people working on this film that knew exactly what they were doing. The story was great. It was a very ambitious film. Yeah. You know, so much of this film is the setup. They don't do that so much anymore. They, they jump straight into the action. They jump straight, you know, so too quick, too quick cut. This, you set up the adventure. What are you doing? There's even a mystery at the beginning. We don't even know where they're going or why they're going there. He wants to film this movie. He doesn't even have a script. He's not sure what he's going to find. He's not sure he's gonna, how he's going to even tell this story. And they get to the island like... Like you say, it takes a long time until we finally see King Kong. And that buildup really makes this film work. Uh, it, it is such a good story. And then they bring Kong back to New York City, and he rampages through New York City. So whilst they were coming up with this idea, they say, okay, what is this? Is it an adventure where we go into the wilderness and we see these exotic beasts? Is it something where an exotic beast gets you know, somehow is brought to New York and, and rampages through New York. Oh, let's put them together. So they tell this story and they take time to tell the story and they do a really great job of it. And, and it's it's a classic for a reason. You know, it's one of these weird movies where it's it's difficult because you don't know how it's going to hold up yeah. to a modern audience. But it does seem to hold up. People still love it. And I think it's because we do recognize that this is early cinema. We do realize this is a landmark film. And so when you see it in context, you do kind of give it a break here and there in terms of, you know, our perception of what we expect to see in a, in a modern day film, you know. Yeah, I, I, I think having watched it again in its entirety for the first time in literally decades, I don't think I've seen this since I was in my teens, and then listening to your analysis, discussing it together, watching the makings of, I think what you've pointed to is, is, is so apt. This piece of artifice, this 90-minute movie, demonstrates the power of imagination. These guys had a real imagination, and then they executed it. Even without the best acting in the world, the effects, the scenery, the mystery, the idea you bring this beast to New York, imagination plus execution, that's what makes for a great movie, a great book, a great theater play. Okay. Uh, thank you, Chris. Superb analysis. Now it's time to rate it. Ten out of uh, how? Oh, biplanes. Let's do it out of ten biplanes. Nice. You rate it for a modern audience. I rate it in the universal eternal cal canon of movies. How many biplanes out of ten does King Kong get? Look, for me personally, I'm going to give it a 10. Yeah. I absolutely love it, but I, I don't rate it that way. I rate it how a modern audience is going to like it. Now, like you say, the acting isn't perfect. If you want to see a film for acting from this era, I would suggest the comedies. I would suggest Clark Gable. I would suggest uh, you know, uh, William Powell. Watch my, my favorite films from this era are the Thin Man movies, which eventually we'll have to get to. I absolutely love those movies. If you want to watch a film for the acting, watch something like that. It happened one night, You know, one of these films from that era. But this, you're not watching this film for that reason. It's a film I think everyone should go back and watch. If you really like cinema or you even if you just like that era, I would really suggest going and watching it. I think mo most people can watch this and put it in the context that it deserves, which is, you know, a great classic of, of history and, you know, early days of cinema. So I'll, I'll give it at least 
I, I'm going to be a little bit harsh just because I don't know how many people are going to love this. I think it's a little bit of a niche thing. So I'll give it a seven. Wow. Okay. Uh, this is an e- yeah. I, oh, I always struggle here with my ratings because I have the responsibility of putting them in the uh, broader canon of all movies. This is easy peasy, yeah. easy peasy. In the canon, the universal canon of movies, King Kong is 10 biplanes out of 10 biplanes. All right, guys, yeah, if you haven't seen it in a while, if you've only seen bits of it or you think, oh, yeah, that thing with the gorilla and the Empire State, watch it to, uh, this evening or this weekend. You won't regret it. Chris, I'm excited. What's next? Oh, I forgot that I have to do that, but I do have movies in mind already. Uh, Okay, now this is going to be a fun one. I wanted to do a comedy. I had a choice of two that I was working at, uh, thinking which comedy I'm going to pick, but I think I'm going to go with a suggestion of my friend Kurt here in Hawaii, a a film that he's wanted me to review for a while. Uh, A film that I don't know if you love, I don't know if everybody loves, but it's a film from my childhood that I really loved. It's got Andre the Giant, one of the few films with Andre the Giant. Yes. It's called The Princess Bride. <laughs> so excited. One, a superb yeah. film. A film that's good for kids age six yeah. who are into princesses and pirates and good for adults who know subtle innuendo and humor. Okay, uh, with guys from Spineless Tap as well. Amazing. The Princess Bride. Great, great choice. William Goldwing's amazing uh, book turned into a movie. All right. In the meantime, make sure you're subscribed to Mr. Reagan, the YouTube channel, the Alpha Critic. I'm Sebastian Gorker. This has been Making Movies Great Again. Wherever you are, whatever you're doing, keep your head on a swivel. Watch your six. Hold the line. Never give up. Never give in. And stay frosty. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.